This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. You were roaming through the aisles in your LCS. When it struck you, you don't know enough about Batman and his family, much less. You need to try out something new. You listen to a podcast, now you should sure know the score. Picking books is easy for you. You won't forget the guys that helped you figure it out. Christian Jerry sure came through. Bad books for beginners. A podcast talks about Batman, Gotham City, and Bat Family. Bat books for beginners. A podcast talks about Batman, Gotham City, and Bat Family. Download and subscribe. You'll be happy when you find all the bad books that make you all so happy. Bat books for beginners. Bat books for beginners. Bat books for beginners. Bad books for beginners. Hello, and welcome to this edition of TBU's Bat Books for Beginners, episode 209. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And we are your hosts. On Bat Books for Beginners, we will examine story arcs with Batman and related characters. We'll give you the historical background of the book, break down the plot and the art, and give you our opinions so you can decide for yourself if they're worth a read. Today's Bat Book Chris and I are covering is Red Robin Collision. So, Chris, tell us about this book. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jerry. Hey, a little Human League there, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. A little 80s. Very good. I enjoyed that quite a bit. That <laughs> was marvelous. You. Thank you. Very, very nice. Well, great job with that one. Hello, Bat fans. Thank you very much for spending some of your day with us today. Once again, we politely bypass the classic Bat book, Batman 188, <laughs> and today we will cover Red Robin Collision. Red Robin Collision is a 192-page, full-color, soft-cover trade paperback that was published in September 2010 and had an original cover price of $19.99 U.S. This paperback appears to have possibly gone through more than one printing. This book collects work that was originally appearing in Red Robin issue numbers 6 through 12, which were covered dated January through July 2010, and each individual issue had an original cover price of $2.99, and Backroll Volume 3, number 8, cover dated May 2010, which had a cover price of $2.99. 
For this podcast, we are not covering the Council of Spiders story that appears in the book, but our primary focus today is going to be on the collision story in Red Robin numbers 9 through 12 and Batgirl number 8, which was part 2 of the story. If you're interested in obtaining a hard copy version of this, hunting down and going for the individual issues may be the cheaper route to go, which hover for around the cover price from online vendors at the time of this recording. Vendors through Amazon had copies of the trade paperback going from new to you from $32.99 through $83.91 in price. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I did not see it on Comixology, nor do I know if this is on DC Comics' available app. Okay, for a creative team, as per usual, I'm going to go off some online resources in my memory. Uh, The writer on this one for the Red Robin issues was Christopher Yost, and he was mentioned on a previous podcast. Christopher Lee Yost was born on February 21st, 1973 in St. Louis, Missouri, making him 46 years old. Hey, shout out St. Louis. Christopher Yost graduated from the University of Michigan with a film and video degree and produced TV commercials in the Detroit area. Hey, shout out Detroit. All right. Yeah. He later interned at Marvel Comics in 2002 in their West Coast office. He did spec film scripts and got attention from Marvel executives who hired him to write episodes of the TV series X-Men Evolution. In 2003, Yost uh, co-wrote episodes that introduced the mutant character X-23, a female clone of the popular X-Men character Wolverine. Marvel executives were impressed with X-23's reception and asked Yost to adapt the character into other comics. So he wrote a six-issue miniseries called X-23 Innocence Lost. In 2012, Yost moved to work on Marvel's Spider-Man family of comics, and he included the Kane storyline that was back from the 1990s and the Clone Saga, and he put it into an ongoing series called Scarlet Spider. He took over the writing duties of the Spider-Man team-up book, which was called Avenging Spider-Man, and I got those uh, back in the day, and for me, they were a lot of one-and-done reads. Now, Yost also did some writing on the animated series The Batman, which I, I, I really enjoyed, with the uh, exception of the uh, particular incarnation of the Joker mm. in Catwoman's over-exaggerated ears, but I'm getting into a little <laughs> bit of digression there. But I, I really liked some of those stories. Uh, let's see, and then Yost also did some feature film work for Marvel in 2010 and through 2012, embarking on some of the film screenwriting that he would do. He was one of the writers for Marvel's feature film Thor The Dark World. Mm. He also was a writer for... Uh, Mattel's Max Steel feature film, and then he also did some work on Thor Ragnarok. Wow. Okay, now, the writer on the Batgirl issue was Brian Q. Miller, who we've mentioned on our previous podcast. Miller began working on the Smallville TV series as an unpaid intern during Season 5. That was a job he held for two seasons before being hired as a writer's assistant on Season 7. After completing the WB's writer workshop program, he was promoted to a staff writer for Season 8. Before the show ended, he served as the show's executive story editor. Through his work on Smallville, Miller met comic writer Jeff Johns, who introduced Miller to the editors at DC Comics. Through those meetings, Miller landed a three-book arc for Teen Titans in 2009. From October 2009 through July 2011, he also wrote the relaunched Batgirl book, featuring Stephanie Brown as the cowl-wearing superhero. The series met some great acclaim, and then he also went on to write the Smallville Season 11 comic book series. Now, uh, the artist on the Red Robin issues is somebody we've never mentioned before, to my knowledge, and his name is Marcus Toe. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's either Toe or Toe. I'm going to go with Toe. And Marcus Toe was born October 20th, 1983, in Red Deer, Alberta, 
Canada. Shout out mm-hmm. Canada. I found that the most presumably accurate information on, was on Toa's own website, which he has done some original artwork for sale. Uh, Marcus Toa is a Toronto-based artist and illustrator. His previous work includes A Soul Fire and DC's Red Robin. Uh, Toa had been drawing since childhood with the hopes of keeping <laughs> uh, occupied. His mother started drawing pictures for him, and they gave him a pencil to, for him to do his own pictures. He's been drawing his own comics since the early teens, working on storytelling and drawing hockey players for classmates. Uh, but according to him, he never thought he'd be able to do it professionally. He got some great feedback at a Wizard World convention. He revamped a portfolio he put together for a San Diego Comic-Con and met the Aspen Comics crew mm-hmm. and went to work for them on titles such as Fathom and Soulfire. He did that in the uh, late 2000s, around 2009. Then he moved to uh, Toronto in 2010. He joined the Royal Academy of Illustration and Design. And he did two years of of work on Red, the Red Robin title, which to him was a dream come true. He was a fan of the Bat series. Other works include The Adventures of Superman, Batling, and Marvel Comics Black Panther. Now, most recently in this year of 2019, he did Age of X-Men Next Gen, mm-hmm. that particular miniseries which ran five issues. Um, I didn't find too much on the person who did the work on the Batgirl issue, and that was Talent Caldwell. He's done work for Top Cow and Fathom Comics and did a fair amount of freelance work around this time. Now, in a possible Bat Books for Beginners first, no ratings were found on Amazon.com for this particular trade paperback. But over on Goodreads.com, this has a rating of 4.18 stars mm-hmm. out of 5, based on 2,798 ratings and 40 reviews. Ah, uh, <laughs> but the dire question remains for you, our dear podcast listener. Just what do Jerry and I think of this one? Well, we're going to catch our breath for a moment, and with that, I shall turn it back over to you, Jerry. Terrific. Thanks, Chris. So we're going to talk about the story after a few messages from some of our friends. Greetings, Gothamites. Lane here, asking, does the world really need another Batman podcast? Well, of course it does. He's Batman. However, rather than tackle Batman in comic books, movies, or television, my podcast, Batman Books, The Dark Knight and Prose, will follow the caped crusader via the written word, where the only pictures are those formed in the imagination. Each season, I choose a different book to delve into, and each episode dives deep into a few chapters at a time. So join me as I explore the streets of Gotham between the covers of novels and novelizations in Batman books, The Dark Knight and Prose. Welcome back. So here is the story of Red Robin Collision. Tim Drake is back in Gotham defeating baddies like the refurbished Killer Moth. Hey, he's a Batgirl villain, but I, I, I don't mind seeing him here. Yeah, it was nice. He's in a borrowed Red Robin outfit, though he gets mistaken a lot for Dr. Midnight. And I can definitely see that. Definitely see it. He's keeping an eye on Tamara Fox, Lucius Fox's daughter, but he doesn't have such a great track record of protecting her. She goes to visit her dad, but then Tim makes himself scarce. Then Tam starts to head over to Stately Wayne Manor. Journalist Vicki Vale has dinner with Tommy Elliott. But remember, she believes that he's Bruce Wayne because of all the plastic surgeries he's performed on himself. Tommy's plan is to give away all of the Wayne fortune, but he's getting blocked by various financial maneuvers. He's working on it, though. Vicky's asking why he's giving away the Wayne fortune and other very personal questions. What is she looking for? Tim is trying to figure out how to get Bruce Wayne back. Bruce is lost in time, and Tim wants to bring him home. 
Superboy shows up with Crypto, and Tim lets him know that Bruce isn't dead, and he's glad Superboy isn't dead anymore, too. After Superboy is gone, Rachel Ghoul gives Tim a call. He wants to let Tim know that something bad is coming, and he's going to destroy everything that Bruce Wayne ever created. Tim heads to the Batcave to alert the Bat family and finds Stephanie Brown there in her Batgirl suit. They chat and try to get past the recent unpleasantness they've had together, um, and it's existed between them for a little while now. They don't quite get there, but they do make some progress. Cell and other communication services are down all across Gotham. Tim and Steph go to Leslie Tompkins' clinic where there's been a report of a hack, and they get attacked by and beat up some baddies. The bad guys were looking for patient records. Why? The pair go to a fundraiser for the clinic and dress up in fancy dress. Steph tries to get Leslie off the premises, and, and Tim tells Lucius Fox that something bad is about to go down. They get Leslie to a private place, but assassins attack them, and they fight them off. Communications are back up thanks to Supergirl smashing a League of Assassins satellite. Raish is upset over things going so badly and tells his assassins to kill Tim Drake. Tim and Steph continue to try to make up, but they're interrupted by Prudence, the ex-League of Assassins assassin. Prue tells them that Raish has 12 targets and an army of assassins ready to take them all. She says Tim should leave Gotham. Also, she was assigned with killing Stephanie Brown. Dum, dum, dum. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> she pulls a gun on Steph, but Steph gets it away from her. Steph has developed her skills quite a lot recently. She is Batgirl now, after all. Indeed. Doesn't matter. The gun wasn't loaded. Prue's our girl. She's not going to hurt one of Tim's pals. She does bring up the time that Tim led the League of Assassins, but he doesn't want to go into that right now with Steph around. Thank you very much. And Steph does give Tim a hard time and a little piece of her mind. Tim asks her if she will join him to save everyone. She says, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Vicky Vale heads to Wayne Manor and wants to see Tim Drake. Alfred says he's too young for her, and also he isn't home. Vicky mentions that Tim isn't going to school, and, quote, Bruce Wayne says he hasn't seen Tim for weeks. So where is Tim Drake? What is Vicky on to? Rachel Ghoul takes some assassins and picks up Tommy Elliott, who he knows is impersonating Bruce Wayne. Rach wants Tommy to use his powers of impersonation to give all of Bruce's wealth to him. Tam Fox makes it to the Wayne Manor drive through intercom out front, and Vicky Vale finds her and wants to chat. Tam notices there's a red laser dot on Vicky's head, and she pushes her out of the way of an incoming bullet. The two climb the fence to Wayne Manor and are pursued by assassins. Tim goes to his safe house with Steph and Prue, and he's trying to figure out what Raish's plan is. He has Steph command her remote control motorcycle thingy to them, and they're going to need it. There's been a bomb set there. It blows up, but Tim has architected the floor to drop away and protect them in case of such an emergency. However, they are confronted with yet another gang of assassins to fight, the Seven Men of Death. Steph has called her autocycle, but it is still seven minutes out. Somehow they have to survive until it arrives. 
The seven eventually begin to overcome Tim, Steph, and Prue, but luckily the auto cycle thingy shows up and runs over enough of the bad guys for them to get away and to take a hostage with them. They're able to beat the target list out of the hostage guy. Raish wants them to kill the butler, the cop, and his daughter, the first love, the whore thief, hmm, the son, <laughs> the doctor, the replacement, the reporter, the steward, and the girl apprentice. And it's, wow. yeah, it's quite a list. And it's well done, Jerry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all going down now. Dick Batts and Damian Robin show up and they talk about the problems. Back at Wayne Manor, an assassin goes to kill Tam, but Vicky bashes his face with a shovel. Nice. The two talk and Tam tells Vicky she and Tim are engaged for some reason. She goes into this. An assassin attacks them, but Steph Batgirl saves them. And Stephanie Brown wonders if she heard Tam correctly. She's engaged to Tim. Dick gets the scoop about what's going on from Tim. Damien uh, recognizes Prue as a member of the League of Assassins, and they go to fight, but Damien is dominated by Tim and put to the ground. Damien takes that about as well as you'd expect him to, and Tim tries to figure out Raish's plan. He figures that all of these attacks are a distraction. What is Raish really up to? He figures something out and gives Batman instructions. Batman asks him to explain, and he replies that there's no time he's going to have to trust him. Assassins close in on their targets. Raish gives the order to kill the targets, but communications are cut off. Tim arrives and and confronts Raish. Raish says, was it worth it letting all of the others die just for this confrontation? Did he come to bargain? Tim says, no, I'm done compromising. The comms come back up, and it's Superboy on the line saying Alfred is fine. Kid Flash comes on the line and says he saved Selina Kyle. Manhunter saved Jim Gordon. Batgirl saved Tam and Vicky. Batman and Robin are both fine, and Damien is insulted that Raish only sent a few ninjas against them. Come on, Grandfather. Have some respect. (laughs) (laughs) Raish's plan has failed so far. Tim says he isn't Batman, but he has friends to help him. Tim also figured out all of the League of Assassins real estate holdings in Gotham and has been a step ahead of him the whole time. Raish pulls out a sword and goes to fight Tim. This is what Tim wants, even if it means he will be killed. And he does get sliced up pretty good. Raish asks Tim what he's up to. He's clearly up to something. Tim says he's buying Lucius Fox enough time to file paperwork, keeping Tommy Elliott's hands off of Bruce's financial holdings. Now Tim owns Wayne Enterprises, thanks to Bruce's will. Even if Raish kills Tim, he won't get his hands on Bruce's fortune. Raish appreciates Tim's maneuver and kicks him out the window. Tim plummets to the earth from the top of the tall building, but he's happy with his decisions, even now that he's going to die. He's satisfied that he did the right thing. Luckily, Batman swings into action and saves the plunging Tim. Yay! Tim wakes up in the Batcave surrounded by the Tin Man and the Coward... No, no, that's not right. (laughs) It's Alfred, Steph, Dick, and Damien. It was not all a dream. (laughs) They all begin to get over all of their recent unpleasantnesses, and Tim insists he has evidence to prove Bruce is alive. Everyone's happy. 
everyone except Stephanie. What was that Tam was saying about them being engaged to Tim? It's even in the Gotham, Gotham Gazette, so it has to be true. <laughs> How long was I out for, Tim asks. <laughs> Apparently the first he's heard of this. Alfred fixes the Red Robin costume so Tim won't be mistaken for Dr. Midnight anymore. Looks like Tim is really going to go with the Red Robin persona, which is good because that's the name of the comic book. Raish is back home meditating. He's impressed with Tim's performance. He says he will produce a worthy heir. A woman, maybe Talia, says she will get right on that. Oh, not this again. We also get a flashback from when Bruce was initially thought to be dead. Tim recognized Bruce in a painting of the Pilgrim-era Mordecai Wayne. Bruce is alive, he recalls, realizing. The end. So Chris and I are going to talk about our feelings for the story after these words from some of our friends. Sawate. My name is Stella, and I am the host of Backroll to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Backroll to Oracle is a podcast dedicated to Barbara Gordon, the first woman to hold the mantle of Backroll for an extended period of time, roughly 1967 to 1988. The goal of Backroll to Oracle is to examine the character's history from her first appearance as Backroll and continuing through her tenure as Oracle. Each episode looks at a vintage issue of Detective Comics or Batman, as well as other books like Justice League and Freedom Fighters and modern issues of Batgirl and Birds of Prey. I also keep track of news involving Batgirl and other members of the Bat family, and I have a revolving series of segments like Babs in the Tube, which highlights appearances of Babs in TV and film, Shipper Spotlight, which looks at a variety of comic and pop culture couples, gives their history, and determines whether they are hot or not, Reading with Stella, which could be described as an audio drama, or just me reading a book that relates to Babs or doesn't, and of course, the mainstay literature your recommendation. I've been blessed to interview writers Scott Beatty and Chuck Dixon on their Backroll Year One work, Brian Q. Miller on his Backroll run, Dwayne Swierzynski and Christy Marks on their separate Birds of Prey work, and the creators and actors of the Backroll Spoiled, the web series. I hope to interview more creators and actors in the future. My goal, most importantly, is to make a fun, entertaining, and thoughtful show that people enjoy and from which they learn. Find the show online at thebatmanuniverse.net and iTunes, and follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Batgirl to Oracle. Thank you, and fly on, Babs lovers. Welcome back. Okay, Chris, what did you think? Jerry, how pleasant of a read this was. And- yeah. For me, what was a generally forgettable era of Batman comics. I really, really enjoyed this. There was a lot to pick apart here. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a lot of uh, character and first point narrative with the Thought Balloons, so we got to get in their heads a lot. Great exchanges with Tim and Steph. Uh, great exchanges with uh, Tim and Dick, especially with him in the Batman costume. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. I think we're going to be able to pick this apart, but... I have to think you you enjoyed this one as well. I sure did. I mean, this has got Tim and Steph and versus Rachel Ghoul, and this is <laughs> this is such a great combo for me. Uh, I think these are these are great characters to watch together, and it, the whole thing it was done very lighthearted. There was a, a really good sense of humor behind this whole story. Um, you know, a lot of dialogue like you know, you're going to need my help. I'm not going to need your help. Okay, I need your help. You know, <laughs> it's really cute stuff. Um, and, and I did, uh, you know, one thing I really did like about this is that Tim and Steph's 
skills are dramatically improving. And it's really was a lot of fun to see Tim kind of <laughs> put Damien on his back. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah. What did you think about some of that, those interactions? Well, the interactions were really, really good. I thought Damien, uh, who I usually don't like, served as a pitch perfect, almost a comic relief character yeah. just for, for his little witticisms and uh, snark for, for, for what he was there. Yeah. Uh, I, before I forget, I don't want to overlook the artwork. I thought there was some gorgeous panel work with mm. respect to a challenge for an artist putting together uh, the thought captions as it played out and just how to compose the panels mm-hmm. as, it, as we were going along from page to page. I thought uh, both uh, artists did a superior job with respect to that and both writers really really worked in conjunction with each other putting together. I don't think anybody missed a beat You know, when you have uh, more people with this uh, stew if you will when you have a more creative talent involved with one particular story. Mm-hmm. I thought they the, I thought uh, the writing and the art complemented each other. I thought it was really, really well done. Yep. There was a scene too early on where Steph is not um, dressed as Batgirl, but she's at this gala with Tim, and she's just oh, wearing yeah. this stunning gown. And I thought, oh my gosh, they really went all out with the, the, how to, how she's depicted here with respect to yep. the voice, and when she's going to, uh, they're going to try to uh, re- rescue Leslie. And I thought that was really, really well done. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there, I, I was trying to find it, any nitpicks here on this, Jerry, mm. and I, I really couldn't, you know, when you have a story with Raja Ghul, as I've said on previous podcast, I expected this something with a, a story worthy of him and something really, really intense in scope. Yep. This was an excellent battle of wits between Tim and Raj, and it was, or Raz, let's get that out of the way and be clear. I know, <laughs> but, but you know, potato, potato, but, yeah. uh, it, it, I, I thought it was a fantastic job, and I, I thought this was really, really such a superior story, and just kind of unheralded a yeah. little bit. I mean, this this one doesn't really come up on radar if you're talking about the best of of Tim and Steph. You, this one doesn't really come up, and I, I think this was is, is really should be elevated and it kind of a little bit more in the uh, Bat Family uh, fan radar this is really 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 good yeah i agree i i really like tim's detective work here you know he's figuring out Raisha's plan um you know in terms of some of these um nitpicks you know i'm kind of wondering if maybe Raisha's plan wouldn't it have been easier to just have grabbed tommy elliott and gotten all that loot without raising all the suspicions with all these killings and everything but you know that's a fair point but it's it's one of those things where it's interesting you know these plans within plans and trying to figure out and maneuver um you know it's good comic book reading fun um and uh, there are a couple of things that i really liked in this um when um tim is talking to dick and he says batman trust me without explaining all the details you know i think this is a hugely important kind of step in the you know this whole bruce wayne is dead and you know tim didn't believe it and everybody is trying to tell tim who is by the way the smartest person left right (laughs) the second best detective in the world Mm -hmm. tim says all right Bruce is still alive and nobody believes him. And in this case, in this story, Tim says, Batman, trust me, do what I say without having me explain. And he does. And I just, I got chills from that because it was just like, yep, Tim's back, you know. Jerry, yeah, I had that in my notes as well. And I think that was probably the highlight of the entire story for me. That that was the one that you said you got chills. Yeah, I, I had to do like a pause look up at the ceiling kind of reflect like yeah they they just from soup to nuts that scene was perfectly executed with how it was written and how it was drawn and they just nailed it because you try to think of how this how would this exchange have gone if it was uh 
if if the shoe were on the other foot, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 what if it was uh, Tim and uh, Dick was missing, and then Tim went to Bruce with that? How how yeah. would that have played out differently? How this was executed? How both writers know these characters really well yeah. and get into their heads? Really, really was a defining moment for for this in this particular piece, and it was just the moment of the story. I thought yeah, they nailed it. I agree, and I also like there's a another seg- segment where Tim is thinking, he's trying to figure out what Raish is up to, and Steph tries to get his attention, and Tim says, "Hush." And she takes it as, oh, you're being so rude telling me to be quiet. But I think that's when Tim figures out that uh, Raish is trying to get to Tommy Elliott, right? Using his pseudonym of Hush. And uh, I just thought that was like a little clever dialogue Easter egg that uh, I got a kick out of. Nice catch. That was really, really good. Yeah. And then also lines like, I'm not Batman. I have friends. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's really interesting that, well, whereas Batman may have tried to figure this out and try to solve this multiple assassin problem uh tim uses his super friends to to help him out and um yeah and we had a whole nice 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 list of cameos there and everybody was done really really appropriately there yeah i like that um i I was curious about the end with this air business oh he's gonna make a great uh father of my next heir. it's like oh no here we we're gonna have another damien on our hands and then why did tim think i mean there was a painting in the house and it fell down and Tim looked at it and said, ah, Bruce is alive. And I get that there may have been a, a resemblance between this painting of Mordecai Wayne and Bruce Wayne. But what was it about the painting that made Tim say, ah, that's really Bruce trapped in time? I didn't get that. Did you? Uh, was there anything I missed? Jerry, if there was something there when I first saw that, I think that might have, and it, I, somebody can correct me and, and bring us to, to speed on it, but I think the uh, painting thing was also alluded to a lot of other uh, story arcs with respect to mm. things going on here. So we just basically got another piece of the puzzle with some affirmation. Right. That's how I took it. I think I think we saw the painting uh, and some allusions to that in, in previous other titles when this was going yeah. on. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. One thing before I forget that I had in my notes was the inclusion of Vicky Vale in mm. this. And I think uh longtime readers remember Vicky Vale and this this is a character that goes way back into the golden age. Mm-hmm. And we don't see her too often. She pops up every now and then. And I'm trying to think this this was her in perfect Vicky Vale voice. She did look a little younger. I think some of the depictions of Vicky has changed in recent years as well. And Jerry, I was trying to ask you before I forget, what do you think of the Vicky Vale character? Is this somebody that you would like to see continually pop up every now and then with respect to uh, a Batman supporting character? Or you've, you've kind of had your fill and she kind of maybe is best off as, as a remnant of the uh, silver or golden age. <laughs> do you want to keep her back there? No, what do you think? I, I think she's a good uh, a good storytelling tool. I mean, she's kind of a, you know, you've got a journalist. She can always be kind of turning up uh, information, always a good, um, you know, uh, you know, always a good actor in these in these sure. things. I think she's a perfectly well, good character. I I do not think, you know, of course, you know, you, you know, my uh, uh, taste about Bruce's romantic life. I do not like to see her yes. as a romantic. And mine, too. I would not. <laughs> yeah. But it's good to have her as kind of like the, you know, the crusading reporter. I agree. Uh, OK. I do have one thing I need to call this uh, this story out on. Why is Raish calling Selena the horror thief? 
What's up with that? I, I don't. I that that took me out of that a little bit with the story. I I, I don't know what that was all about. So other than that, um, where would you bring this in in terms of scoring? And you know, it, is this a must read or recommend for you, Jerry? I. I I've said it before on this podcast. I, I'm glad that this sort of forces me to reread some things that I just didn't remember from back in this particular era of Batman. Mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoyed it. I don't know. I, I tried to step back and uh, am I overlooking something? Am I, am I missing something that I should be critical about? Mm-hmm. No, they executed this right. The chemistry between Tim and Steph was just magnificent. We had Ra's al Ghul living up to his, you know, title of a, a very cunning villain. I, I had a lot of fun with this one. And, and there, there is, the faults are few and far between for me on this. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, as I said, I really don't remember much of this era that other than I didn't like it. And I said, let's bring Bruce back and kind of get going, get the ball rolling again, because <laughs> yeah. we all know this is going to be temporary, but this was a fine story. And this, this was one should, that should not be overlooked. Definitely a must read if you're a Tim fan. And I think the only thing I, I would have a problem is, you know, this might be a tough trade for a, a reader to find. I mean, mm-hmm. here we are touting it, but I don't know if if this is going to be an easy one for uh, somebody on the outside to get their hands mm-hmm. on this. I, I, I don't know if this is on the DC app or not. Uh, the trade is very expensive in the secondary market with respect to the prices that I saw. Maybe you can find a good deal uh perhaps on eBay, mm-hmm. and I think it would get your money's worth if you could see this at a reasonable price. I'd say pull the trigger and get it. Yeah. Uh, if you are if you have a well-stocked comic store, perhaps this trade might uh, still be on the shelf at a fair price, and you can get a decent mm. deal on it. Uh, that, that would be my only problem, was the individual issues. I'm sure, you know, in a well-stocked comic shop, you could, you, you could easily find these. But uh, trying to get the hands on that might be a, might pose a problem for, for a new reader. Mm. But I say if you can get this, and if you can get the price on it, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say this is a 4.0 out of 5 bats for me, and I will say this is a must-read and a recommend. Mm, fantastic. Now, I would have to um, agree with you. So I think for me, this would also be a 4.0. Now, this is right in my wheelhouse with Tim and Steph and Raish. And, you know, these I love these stories, uh, you know, these ideas of, you know, intricate plans and trying to detective your way out of them. Um, you know, some of it, it, it's a little hokey, but I think, you know, by and large, um, this is good comic book um, plotting. I really... Uh, you know, don't think about it too hard. And I didn't because I was having too much fun. Uh, <laughs> and for a must read and recommend, if you're a Tim Drake fan, you know, you really like Tim and Steph. This is I would definitely, definitely recommend. Um, and I, it was so much fun. I would say, yeah, this should be a must read. I think you should uh, definitely check it out. It's another uh piece in the puzzle of Bruce's coming back. Now Tim is being welcomed back into the fold of the Bat family. I would say that it may be a little challenging if you're a beginner beginner, because you know, where's Bruce? Who's who's Batman if Bruce is gone? You know, it maybe didn't go into explaining all of the background with it. Um, but, you know, so you may be a little uh, taken aback if you're a brand new beginner. But if you've been kind of keeping up and kind of have a little bit of an idea of what's going on in this time period. I think this is a great story um, and something that anyone would enjoy. Yeah, Jerry, you bring up some excellent points with respect to that. Uh, Somebody is is a true beginner looking at this, but uh, 
a ton of nice little cameos where yeah. you get to see some cast and some some people outside of the Bat Clan. And hey, it's got Killer Moth in oh, it too yeah. for a little bit. Yes, I mean, what what, 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 what you know that 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 boosts up my score right there too. If you got the inclusion of that, so sure. this, I think this was a, this was a really great book, a lot of fun. Yeah, and Prudence is hysterical. She's always getting yes. beat up. <laughs> yes, so that was a lot of fun. All right, so Chris, now you have been doing some things outside of uh, the Bat Books, uh, and you've been doing some uh, work on the Batgirl to Oracle podcast, which is a terrific uh, podcast over at the Batman universe. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing over there? Well, thank you so much, Jerry. Yeah, I'm reviewing the Batman Adventures title, and when and we just dropped our episode for July right now, where I covered Batman Adventures number 21, which was a fantastic story, which was a sequel of sorts to the Batman animated series episode Tiger, Tiger. And this was oh, a very intriguing read, and it had a lot of monsters in it, so I had a lot of fun reviewing that. And that was the most recent episode of Batgirl to Oracle. That was July's episode. Uh, within that particular thing, which Stella has dubiously dubbed Chris's Cornucopia, of curiosities. I also have a segment within a segment called uh, Night Watch, where I look yeah. at the current Nightwing title, and I'm looking at it through a shipper's lens. If there's Ooh. any romantic involvement going on with Dick, or excuse me, Rick Grayson oh, yeah, right. at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> and, sure. uh, but uh, uh, it's it's a lot of fun, and I thank you very much for letting me. Uh, give a shout out to that oh, yeah. I, i'm having a lot of fun with that now jerry i know you're also doing something with oh, yeah. ec horror comics yeah. on monster kid radio and you also do a lot of tweeting so i'm on bt on bat books where can the listeners find you on twitter and could you please talk about what you're doing on monster kid radio and twitter yeah you betcha i uh you can get me on twitter at professor frenzy and i tweet out my weekly comics and we have uh we talk about comic books especially around new comic book day on wednesdays uh, we talk about indie comics a lot. Uh, I tweet about Dark Shadows. And uh, thanks for uh, reminding me about the EC co- horror comic stuff I do for Monster Kid Radio. I've been taking one story from an old EC horror comic, and I've been doing a little uh, trying to tell the story. And it's called Professor Frenzy's Bedtime Stories. And uh, Monster Kid Radio is a uh, terrific podcast if you like uh, older uh, genre horror type movies. And uh, Uh, So go over and check that out. That's a lot of fun. And also, don't forget to check Chris and I out on the Professor Frenzy show. By the time this episode is aired, we will have released... Gosh, 62 episodes of the Professor Frenzy Show. And that's a podcast Chris and I have on indie comics and other pop culture topics. And that's been a lot of fun. Check the show out. Search on iTunes for the Professor Frenzy Show. You can get it on YouTube and all kinds of places. Um, and uh, check out our other shows. Appreciate it. Yeah, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Gala Walks in the Comic Shop. We also oh, yeah. did some Trust Your Cake uh, role playing over there, oh, yeah. and that was a fun show. Uh, we're kind of on a brief hiatus at the moment, but uh, that should come back, I hope, fingers crossed, at some point. Fantastic. I think we're all having some events going on this summer, which is uh, taking up a little bit of time, but uh, had a lot of fun with that, and we had some great adventures over there. Right. Jerry, we <laughs> reviewed. Uh, Blackest Night, and we got a few comments with respect to our last episode. <laughs> I bet. And we got we got some feedback. So let me let me take uh, some time to read some of the feedback that we got on this. First up, we heard from our good friend Lane, nice. who has a fine podcast in her own right uh, called Batman Books: The Dark Knight and Prose, which is a fine fine show, and we yes. highly recommend that here on the yep. Bad Books for Beginners podcast. Lane chimed in and said, "Hey." This was another great song leading oh. to another great episode. Well, thank you thank so you. much. 
Yeah, I think that was my stab at uh, Sounds of Silence yes. when Simon Garfunkel was that one, so that was good. Oh, and Lane wanted to set the record straight regarding her comment on Pink Floyd. She she made a mistake regarding the song title. She was a little embarrassed by that. Uh, Jerry, I knew exactly what she was talking about. That. Oh, yeah. I think you mentioned you did, too. So, yeah, there was no harm, no foul there, Lane. So, please, you know, you're good. Absolutely. We also heard from our good friend Ian. Awesome. And he's on Twitter at IBM Miller, and he said, hey, I'm a fan of Simon and Garfunkel. So Chris and Jerry's <laughs> opener for this episode was great. Oh, great. And Ian continues, I'm always leery of events. I've only mm. read the Wonder Woman tie-ins to this one by Rucka. But I appreciate, as always, you pushing through it for the rest of us. <laughs> Smiley face emoji. And, and the Marcus, uh, to our, hope it gets a shout-out, yes. And uh, at least... I think it's at least as good as Ivan Rice. And yeah, you know, the mm. artwork was really good and outstanding on this. I, I, I really couldn't find any flaws with this. The uh, facial expressions were really good. Mm-hmm. Fight sequences were really well, well executed. Panel layout was spectacular. I, I did not have a problem with the art. I thought it was as good as it was come. Yeah. It certainly didn't distract with any respect to uh, either uh, person holding the baton and passing it off sure. with, with how this played out. Really, really good. Yep. Ian, continued good work on the uh, Batman uh weekly po- comic podcast, the Batman Universe comic podcast. Yeah. And I want to give a nice shout out to you and the gang over there that do a really, really good job Great with show. that show. Yeah. Um, I, I, it, it always comes out a little later on Friday and I can't listen to it at work. I always uh, try to, I say, like, ah, I got to get to a Wi-Fi, you know, and uh, d- just to hear uh, Steph and Dustin and you uh, talk about uh, the, the latest in news and whatever's going on in the Batman Universe and uh, really, really fine job and with some excellent analysis and insight. So keep up the fine work. We really appreciate Definitely. it. Okay, moving along now, we can get to Green Lantern HG at Green Lantern HG. Okay, buckle up, Jerry, because <laughs> Green Lantern HG says he's got a little bit of a small rant. I bet Uh-oh. he does. Oh, here we go. Let's see what he says. <laughs> he says it was uh, it was after maybe 15 years that someone handed me a Blackest Night number zero at a San Diego Comic-Con that year, and I immediately got hooked. I knew a little about... I knew a little about DC at the time, but he was mostly a Marvel fan, and he didn't know much. The Blackest Night was his dive into DC Comics. Ooh, mm. Jerry, you've got an origin story here. How okay. about this? Okay. Now, uh, Green Lantern HG continues, I'll admit it wasn't easy. I had to do a lot of homework, but after all, it was an amazing story for me. I have 78 titles from Blackest Night. Wow. And got some extra wow. covers. And through it all, it was this story <laughs> that made me love DC Comics like I never had before. Wow. Awesome. How about that? I'll always be hooked on the story. I try reading it once a year as I do with many stories I like. Mm. This past jail May was a dream come true. And I do hear mixed feelings about it, but I won't forget what it means to me. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow that's a great, great story. Thank you so much for sharing yeah, that. Yeah, it is. It's, it, and, uh, it's, it's weird how you, how you come out that, and it was it was quite an event. Uh, Green Lantern HG continues, this was a great episode. Keep up the great work. Hey, thank oh, you so thank much. You. And uh, he says, uh, just when you when you think it couldn't get better, here comes here comes uh, at B2 on Bat Books with his own musical genius. Oh, stop. <laughs> yeah, you did it. <laughs> and now I'm campaign- campaigning to include you and the Longbox Crusade with a debut album. Uh-oh. Well, the folks, the fine folks at Longbox Crusade quickly chimed in. We would love to do a group song with at B2 on Bat Books. And Professor Frenzy, let's make it happen. <laughs> then Green Lantern HG chimes in again. Hey, wait, wait, wait. We must conclude Nick City Brewing. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, and Ad Gal Walks with their fine voices. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And that, Jerry, at this point, the 
Exchange came in with Bob and Barbara who, with their fine <laughs> podcast, uh, Gal Walks Into a Comic Shop, where you can find their Twitter handle at Gal Walks in, and, and Bob is over at Nick City Brewing, and uh, both fine, fine uh, podcast voices, yeah. and Barbara's got a marvelous singing voice. I'm trying to think, oh, yeah. have I heard Bob sing? Bob's got a great voice i'd have to think he's an excellent singer in his own right so yes and so we th- there was an exchange of uh, you you and bob trying to come up with songs but we, we they couldn't, couldn't pin one down from if i read you guys correctly you were still working on yeah. trying to find the right song for for a group uh, singing. i have a song but i would hate it really yeah well okay yeah somebody else has to come up with a better one <laughs> okay, well, I'll think on that, but uh, I, I, I'm curious as to what you have. I, 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 won't, I won't say, I, I, listeners, I don't know what Jerry's thinking about, and he's keeping it to himself. Uh, but I, I, I would love to know what he's thinking, and if maybe we can have the listeners try to guess or throw throw some suggestions out there. I think we've got some great uh, great vocal talent. It'd be fun. It would be fun to make this happen. Oh, it'd be yeah. so much fun. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we also got a fair share of likes and retweets on our past episode, and we can't thank you very much for promoting our podcast, and we really would like to give you a shout-out. First up, we heard from the Batman Universe at Batman Universe. Thank you so much, gang. We heard from Trekker Talk at Trekker Talk. That's a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of sci-fi bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the Trekker comics by Ron Randall. It's part of the Red Adventures Network. Thank you so much, Darren Edward. Yeah, hey, thank you. continue safe travels. Thanks for sharing your travel oh, yeah. with us on Twitter. You just really enjoyed your fascinating pictures of all the places you've gone to and uh, just just some marvelous stuff. Yep. We heard from our good friend I was Joe Crawford at I was awesome. Joe. Hey, thank you so much. We heard from our friend Chris ha- Christopher Hamby at Chris Hamby Films. We oh, heard from great. Laurel at Mountain Flower One. A shout mm-hmm. out to Laurel with the Huntress Podcast, the Birds of Prey Podcast, Feathers and Foes. Fine, fine job with stories reca- recaps and excellent analysis. Always brings it. Another shout out yeah. to Lane. On Twitter, you can find Batman Books, The Dark Knight in Prose, at Batman Books underscore DKP. Again, Batman Books, The Dark Knight in Prose, at Batman Books underscore DKP. And I, you know, had a nice exchange with uh, Lane, and uh, she's got. Uh, hopefully, uh, the next episode of her fine show is dropped already before uh, she's she's record with. Uh, <laughs> Uh, John and Maggie, and I, oh, I can't wait to hear great. that one where they guest on her show. So that's it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, with Married with Comics, and that's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Look forward to hearing that. I heard it was a lot of fun. That she said it was a lot of fun to record with them. So I can't wait to hear. When I bet. Sound. Yeah. Oh, hey, it's our good friend Sean, mm. uh, Secret Wars and Beyond podcast at Sean Forty Two AZ, co-host of Secret Wars and Beyond. Uh, some this corner supreme uh, and, and guesting uh, Sean I don't know where you find the time my friend uh, because you always have such a plethora of knowledge that you share with us as the listeners and we really really bring all the education to the table oh, yeah. you do a marvelous job always again Green Lantern HG at Green Lantern HG we heard from Ben Jones at Gambit uh-huh. 896 thank you so much we heard from Adam Stabelli at Adam of Gotham mm-hmm. let's see next up we heard from Adriano at Fanabri. We heard from him. Hey, it's our good friends at the Longbox Crusade at Longbox Crusade. Uh, fine, fine hosts of podcasts, including Crusader Chronicles, Saturday Matinee Theater, Action Film Face-Off, yep. Transformers Chronicles, and more. Oh, and wow. they are all enjoyable listens. Yes. My gosh. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Saturday Matinee Theater is an enjoyable, enjoyable show. Yeah. Action Film Face-Off. Great, great format. Of course, Crusaders Chronicles. I'm, I'm a little biased. Those, <laughs> they had me on for a show. I think you were on Saturday Matinee Theater, Jerry. And, uh, we yep. had lots of fun. Uh, great, great gang. Yeah. 
Uh, we heard from Justice's First Dawn, a classic JLA. Mm. Great stuff. Oh, it's our good friend Andy Deathloff. And yeah. Death. Uh, we heard from Leonardo Anarem at Leonard62976290. Hmm. Hey, it's our good friend Randy. Excellent. Randy, who recently came back from Ocon. And Randy, the comic nerd at Randall Andrews1. Thanks nice. for sharing the pics, Randy. Keep up with the fine sketches. We really appreciate it. Yeah. We heard from our good friend Bob at Nick City Brewing. He's one half of the Gal Walks Into a Comic Shop podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, got it. Hey, don't fall asleep on those quizzes that he gives out uh, with the comics trivia. Lots and lots of fun. Those are great episodes. Just marvelous stuff. stuff. Oh, really, really enjoyed it. Keep up the fine work. We heard from Robin Stevens at Robin031 Robin. We heard from Real Comics at Real Comics. Mm. Hey, we heard from John from Married with Comics Podcast ah. at M. WC underscore podcast. Uh, he does that podcast with his wife, Maggie. Oh, there we talk about Fabulous. Transformers, yeah. Married with Comics. They talk about everything. Great, great stuff. And we heard from Dr. Pop Culture, BGSU at Dr. Pop Culture, BG. Holy academia. Exactly. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. And we also heard from Doc Strange at Billy awesome. D underscore Licious. Well, thank you, gang. If I overlooked you, my uh, sincerest and deepest apologies and regrets. Uh, I regret the oversight. If I did overlook you, please let me know at BTO and Pet Books or let Jerry know at Professor Frenzy. We'll be sure to mention you on our next show. Thanks, Chris. Well, that's all we have for today. Please join us next time where Chris and I will cover Time and the Batman. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And thank you for listening to Bat Books for Beginners. You were roaming through the aisles in your LCS When it struck you You don't know enough of Batman and his family, much less You need to try out something new you listen to a podcast, now you should know the score. Picking books is easy for you. You won't forget the guys that helped you figure it out. Christian Jerry sure came through. Bad Books for Beginners. A podcast talks about Man Gotham City and Bad Family. Bad Books for Beginners. A podcast talks about Man Gotham City and Bad Family. Download and subscribe. You'll be happy when you find all the bad books that make you all so happy. Bad books for beginners. Bad books for beginners. Bad books for beginners. Bad books for beginners. Thank you.